0: Lemon Pepper Parlay is presented for the People by Caesar Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. Must be 21 or older. Welcome into a championship edition of the Lemon Pepper Parlay podcast, because you know what, Mark Gunnels? Just because I came in dead last in the picks, it doesn't matter, because the one pick that I did make this year that mattered was Michigan winning the national title. How are you today? Because I'm a champion.
1: I'm happy for you, man. Um, I think it's funny that just a little backstory here. I kind of tried to do a reverse jinx on Martin and he did not go for it. I was like, look like you're going to have a very stress-free championship game, man. (laughs) As Michigan is just running the ball down Washington's throat in the first quarter. But um, yeah, man, it was a, it was a pretty good game for the most part. I, I liked how Washington made some adjustments in the second half defensively, they they gave their offense a chance, but they just couldn't capitalize, man. A couple plays here, obviously that one throw that uh, Penix missed to Rome uh, down the sideline. It could have been a potential play. And then the holding call on that big pass play at the end there kind of changed the momentum for them. But congratulations for you, man. I know it's been a long time coming. You're a Michigan alum. Hell to the victors. I'll tell
0: you what, the adjustment that they made was they stopped running the ball. They had 179 rushing yards in the first quarter and somehow finished. With, oh, I mean, I, was, I was, don't get me started. I was getting so mad. I was like, bro, these dudes are light in the a- They can't stop anything in the run game. And then they're like, you know what we should do on third and fourth? Let's throw it. Why? Why would you do that? That was, there it was, it was, it was a bunch of, it was, it was not a perfect game. But the ending was pretty damn good. Uh, I did appreciate the fact that Donovan Edwards had had a quiet year all year. You actually went to the same high school, me and Donovan Edwards. Oh, wow. Shockingly enough, if the guys from my high school didn't play at Michigan this year, they wouldn't have won that title. Like West Bloomfield High School was heavily represented in the – in the national championship game, which to go back to when I was in high school, sounds like a mad thing to say, because those guys when not <laughs> Bloomfield High School circa 2007, 2008, was not putting people in college, much less players who are playing on the highest stage of college football. And uh, we'll soon be moving on to the NFL. It uh, had, a, I had to take my hat off to Ron Bellamy, who really rebuilt that football program and is now coaching wide receivers at Michigan because he brought so many players through Michigan. So hats off to him. And Eddie did make a good point that this is, the picks will continue through the playoffs. So I can continue to be in last place against the spread. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for the regular season, I finished six under. Mark, you finished 22 over.
1: Congrats to you. Thanks, man. Did you finish uh, first
0: in the, on the network?
1: Yeah, I'm a game up. I'm a game up on second place right now. Who do you know? Do you know who's in second? I... Uh, Think it was Toby. Toby, there you yeah, go. Yeah, I believe it's Toby. Yeah, so Toby yeah, of
0: Trendy Fame.
1: So we're both we're both champions, right? You know, I'm the uh, champion yeah. of against the Sprint. Unless we're, are we counting the postseason too? So maybe I need to slow yeah. down on that one. Well, I I'm think the champion. You might want to slow down. Well, I'm the champion I'm, of I'm the,
0: three, for the next what two hundred and seventy five days. I'm going to be <laughs> Michigan right. is, is the champion in college football.
1: <laughs> so are you ready to? Talk about the annoying topic, or you just want to savor and just win right for now?
0: You know, I don't know how, and it's become increasingly and increasingly more and more evident to me. But I don't know how anybody watches Jim Harbaugh do a pre and post game show and says, I want this guy to run my NFL team. Like, sure, like the results are there, but like he's weird, man. He's really, really weird. And like. Who got it better than us? Right. Like, could you imagine him coming out with the Atlanta Falcons saying, who's got it better than us as they finish, you know, 10 and seven? Like saying it because he'll go in the press room and be like, who's got it better than us? And then the media will look at him and be like, dude, what are you doing? This isn't middle school.
1: Well, maybe my memory is a little foggy from his time in the NFL, but I feel like he wasn't doing that type of stuff. On the NFL level, I feel like he's able to adapt to his situation. You know, when you're coaching amateur kids, they like stuff like that, you know. And I think he understands the difference between the two. You you get a different level of buy-in
0: uh, in college than you do in the pros. Because in the pros, everybody's there for the contract. In college, everybody was there because they picked to be there, right? You know what I'm saying? That's where they chose to be. And now there's a level of contract that's involved with NIL and all that type of stuff, compensation, therefore, and so on. But like just in his pregame lead up to the national championship game, he's asked about his relationship with God. He says, you know what? Jesus would have been a five-star recruit, right? Like he's asked about uh, his staff and he said, Moses died on his staff and that's the type of staff I have. I'd like to die on them too. Or like, I'd be fine with dying on them too. Or something to that effect, like that does not play if, if, if in Washington D.C. Like <laughs> as the head coach of the Commanders, and I just so I just don't know what uh you know I mean obviously money talks, and he's he's a pretty good football coach you know I still think he's you know honestly if I'm sitting here being honest I still think he's much more of a a factor of who he hired this year you know what I'm saying, in terms of Jesse Mentor, who could have been the Eagles defensive coordinator, right? (laughs) He was interviewed for that job, didn't get offered. They offered Sean Desai, who then got demoted. But, uh, you know, between that and Sharon Moore and the guy, and and Clink Scales, who was able to keep Sanchez there, keep Will Johnson there, Bellamy, like I said, who was able to get all those West Bloomfield kids and keep them there. Like, Donovan Edwards could have transferred this year. Right at a a different program, Donovan Edwards is a starting running back the entire season because Blake Corum came back for his senior year, but he's got a certain level of buy-in at the University of Michigan that he won't have anywhere else in the world, and he just bought himself what like at least, I mean, let's think about it. This is what his seventh year at Michigan, something like that. Been there
1: that long, jeez.
0: Well, yeah, from like because I know. Yeah, the three years bad before 2020, right? Three or four years that were bad before 2020. Then they turned it around after that. And they've lost like one game yeah, since it was there, TCU.
1: Yeah, he got there in 2015, yep. So it's his
0: ninth year in Michigan, right? So he just bought him – I mean, he already had like five years of job security because nobody really was talking about him like getting out of there besides, honestly, me uh, prior to 2020 – and now nobody's definitely talking about him getting out of there. He bought himself another five, six years of job security. Whereas if you go to the NFL, you know, and in three years, the evaluation is going to be on the table. You know, you and, can be.
1: And as of right now, the favorite, according to the books, is the Chargers, who would be the Los Angeles Chargers head coach as of right now. And I,
0: And you know what else I think, too, like. A part of me thinks that Michigan will match whatever the Chargers offer. <laughs> like, I mean, are the Chargers really going to come out with the Sean Payton deal? Are they going to come out with the, you know, offering of $18 million over the next five years? You know, like, is that, does that jive with the Chargers history that we know? No, <laughs> you know, not really. Like, not really. <laughs> so uh, I think if it's, if it's, if it's, if it's less than 15 million per year, Michigan got that. Like Michigan will Michigan will pay him that much to keep him there. Do you know what I'm saying? So, it, hell, he was making – he was the highest-paid coach of college football for the first period of 2020 and didn't win jack. Now he's actually won something?
1: Goodness gracious. Yeah, and I didn't realize his – I knew he was good in San Francisco. I didn't realize how good, good. his record was. Impeccable, and they still canned him. Why? 44-19 over four years? My
0: God! You would think that's the type of guy you want to lock up forever, right? Yeah, (laughs) but no, because he doesn't jive. He didn't jive with ownership. He didn't jive, and you know what they did? They they had a a few down years, and then they just went hire Kyle Shanahan, and they're right back where they
1: started. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, what does your gut tell you? Is he leaving or going? I mean, is he leaving or staying?
0: (laughs) <laughs> leaving her going I, you watch too much TV <laughs> right. Apparently, the whole world has him gone uh right now, my gut would say I say it, I think it depends on what happens with like New England because they're not afraid to pay a lot for a head coach, and they have ha- have had one that is mercurial to say the best you know for the last I like couple that years.
1: word say it again, say it again for our audience. I like that word M- Mercurial. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, but Michigan, I think it,
1: Michigan education, man. Yeah,
0: I think it depends. I think I think it depends, but I, I don't see the Chargers the way that everybody else sees the Chargers. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking through uh maize and blue-colored Buffs right now, Cartier Buffs. Did you hear the Buffs before watching Michigan play?
1: Yeah. Isn't that like a Detroit thing?
0: Yeah, for sure. It's a Detroit yeah, thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Will Johnson, who I actually interviewed after the game and put up a piece on FoxSports.com, uh, he's the one who kind of started that native okay. Detroiter. And if you're in Detroit, then you know exactly what Cartier Buffs are, or <laughs> wires, or frames, or woods. is all of them. So I had a pair of wires in high school.
1: Oh, nice. And speaking of Will Johnson, I saw your clip on Instagram. You called it out on air that he was going to have an impact game. And you mentioned that you guys are gonna push around grown men. You said pushing guys yes, their will. Guys wearing number 71 to 79.
0: Hitting linebackers.
1: Yeah, <laughs> pushing linebackers 10 yards back. You, you nailed that one. Congrats, man.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It was uh it pretty much played out exactly as I thought it would. You know, yeah. it pretty much played out exactly as I thought it would. Uh honestly though, I thought Washington would be able to score
1: more. Yeah, what was your reaction to Michael Penix's performance? He, he, normally, he's very accurate. There was some, there were some throws that were there to be had. As good as your defense was, he did miss some throws that were uncharacteristic.
0: I'd say he doesn't, and he has never jumped off the page to me as a like great quarterback. And I'm not trying to kill him. Like he's, he's fine. Like he's good. But like when we talk about like. Like like Joe Burrow, for example, when he was playing at LSU, like panic's fundamentals are off. Even on the interception that Will Johnson had, he uh he pumps twice for no reason. Adunze's wide open in the flat, and he ends up getting rolled up on that's why the ball went high. When he missed Adunze wide open uh down the down the seam, his feet are crazy. Like when you look at his right his, his top foot is pointed damn near to the sideline. That's why the ball sailed, right? So like stuff like that he's able to get away with because he had a great offensive line and he, you know, he's, he's a good thrower of the ball. Like, I'm not trying to criticize him in this, in this moment, but in terms of like the fundamentals of quarterbacking, having a solid base, being low with your, like bending your knees and all like keeping your feet on target. Like he's got to reset his feet every time he looks like it's, it's part of the reason why I'm not like a big Jordan love guy. Cause why do you keep throwing all these fadeaways? You know, it's like, why do you keep throwing all these fadeaway jumpers? Like, stand tall and drive the ball. And Penix did it a few times, but he didn't do it nearly enough to win this game. And I think that just over the course of the year, he's able to get away with a lot of that stuff because he's got a really, really good offensive line. Yeah, but Michigan rotate, was nine deep on the defensive line, which is another thing you can't do in the NFL. They got nine players on the defensive line who are getting significant snaps. You know, and, and making significant plays, Kenneth Grant being the best one of them, but Mason Grant being up there too as well, fifty-five. But it just I I just thought, you know, this was a welcome to the Big Ten moment for Washington.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. And that was one thing I was scared about. I did pick Washington to win this game, but when I picked them to win, I was under the assumption that they would be able to get enough stops, which they did. It didn't look good early on. It looked like like when I texted you, I was being I was actually being Sincere. I was kind of funny at the same time, but I was actually being serious because it looked like they were, you guys were going to beat them by fifty. But they did tighten up a little bit. Obviously, you guys kind of helped them out by not running as much as you should have. But they yeah, had opportunities. You know, there's plays to be had. But after really watching it, you could tell that Washington had to be damn near perfect to win that game. Like they couldn't have a couple errant throws. Uh, holding penalty on a on a big pass play they didn't have much room for error where you guys did because you guys were dominant up front on both sides of the ball
0: yeah I mean that's where football is won and lost is in the trenches you know most overwhelmingly most of the time so yeah I mean watching Don, I was really happy for Donovan Edwards because I've known that kid for a while he's a good kid and I was really happy he was able to go and really put his name on a game. But I mean, any time that you have not one but two hundred yard rushers, I think that uh the
1: game was well decided. Absolutely, man. Once again, congrats to you and all of the Michigan faithful. Uh before we wrap this up, where were you watching the game, man? Were you around other Michigan alums? Like tell us the background of what Martin Wise was doing while watching his school go at it last night.
0: So I went over to my my friend's house, who I went to college with. I've known him since sophomore year. We've been fast friends since. Uh, I went over to his apartment. Uh, his girlfriend made chicken wings. We were, you know, just drinking beer, watching the game. Me, my girlfriend, him and his girlfriend, and another one of our mutual friends from uh, college, she came by as well. So it was with a bunch of people who were there for the Rich Rod days. Through the Brady Hoke days, Mister Mister, well, we sat there and watched Stephen Threaton, and Nick Sheridan run the run the read option as slow white guys playing quarterback, and three and nine season our freshman year to just to go from that to Brady Hoke, Mister, no headset, no coat on the sidelines because he's just built different, and and then you know that that flamed out. And then to sit there and go through two and four through COVID canceling the Ohio State game, which, you know, at that point, they'd only beaten Ohio State like once in the last seven years anyway, a game that I was in attendance at. Thank you, Luke Fickle who was the interim head coach at Ohio State at the time, went 6-6, six and six, one of those last six against Michigan to now, to where he's one of the, I mean, right now, the premier program in college football, you know what I'm saying? If you're holding the title, you're holding the trophy, you're the champion. And, you know, people want to say, oh, they were stealing signs, this and that. I don't know if you saw this, but it just came out uh, today. I saw it maybe half an hour ago, but I was reading an article and it said that Somebody was like, "Everybody's cheating. Kansas basketball cheats the worst of them all," and it was uh, it was that. And then they go and say, uh, "The only school that's not cheating is Vanderbilt, and they get their <laughs> kicked all the time." So I stand on it and say, "You know what? <laughs> if this is cheating, you should
1: have did it earlier." <laughs> that's yeah, that's true. That's true. I guess if you don't get caught, it's all good, but. Maybe he's getting out of there right before some things come down on you guys. Sorry to rain on your parade, but you uh, what
0: <laughs> I watched. I, the last point on this, I was watching the twenty third. What is it? Twenty thirteen Ma- March Madness Final Four. I watched Michigan and the National Player of the Year Trey Burke get hosed losing to Louisville because Kevin Ware broke his leg in the Elite Eight, and that meant a guy named Luke Hancock was going to play 25 minutes and go six for six from three. Trey Burke picked up his third foul in the first half, and then Spike Albrecht had to play 35 minutes damn near in the National Championship game. And that is just – there's not 35 minutes in a game for a white kid named Spike who's under six feet tall. There's 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 not that much time in there. And you know what happened after that? Patino and those wins were vacated. But you know what I remember? The feeling of sitting on my couch in Ann Arbor after having drove back from Atlanta to make sure I could sit there and watch the entire game because Final Four was in Atlanta that year to make sure I could watch the entire game and I remember sitting on that couch for two hours straight because I just lost the national championship. You know what didn't make me feel any better? A year or two later when it got vacated. I didn't give a damn it was vacated. And if this championship is vacated, you know what I'll have? The feelings of winning it because they can't
1: vacate that. Thanks a lot for bringing up the name Trey Burke again. Just bringing back nightmares for me. <sighs> that was Elijah Johnson's fault. That's just karma. You can't You
0: can't just run around hitting people in the nuts. Let's talk some NFL. Yeah, I bet you do want to talk some NFL, huh? After that (laughs) shot. He hit that shot from the low. Like, that was a real logo shot before they made the logo touch the three-point lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had a key card Monday yesterday. Ron Rivera, out of there. Arthur Smith, out of there. Wink Martindale, out of there. Jaguars defensive coordinator Dave Caldwell, out of there. Did I forget anybody?
1: Uh, today, Mike Vrabel, Mike Vrabel. <laughs>
0: of course I forgot somebody, Mike Vrabel out of there. So, uh, yeah, you know, this is that time of year. And I said, I say this all the time on the radio, but I don't think I've ever said it to you before. So I'm going to do it right now. There's only like 10 coaches in the NFL that like really just stay right. Like Reed Belichick in years prior, Tomlin, Carol Harbaugh, The rest, and there's a few other ones, Sean Payton when he was in New Orleans before he retired. The rest of them are either in years one, two, and three, or they're hiring somebody new. So it's like if you have a guy who's Shanahan, McVay, if you have a guy tenured over like seven years, consider yourself lucky because you've got a good guy. He may not be perfect, but you got a good one.
1: Yeah, I mean, to your point, there were rumors just about a month ago that Sean McDermott may have been out of Buffalo, and that's a guy that's been very successful record-wise, right? Go to the playoffs every year, been to AFC Championship game, and he was on the fence just a month ago. So that, that, that's True. a good point you just made. He was on
0: the fence just last week. If if, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. if they, Jacksonville had won well, yeah. and Buffalo <laughs> lost, it'd be time for uncomfortable <laughs> conversation.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's a good point there. And looking at all these job openings right now, looking at the landscape, Rabel just happened today. We're recording on Tuesday, obviously. All signs point to him going to New England, right? I mean, I think we all assume that Belichick is gone. Obviously, Vrabel played there, won Super Bowls there in New England. It just seems like that's uh, the perfect fit there, the natural fit, at least. And then Belichick, I'm hearing that the Falcons are very interested. The commanders are throwing their hat into the ring. Obviously, the Chargers are still out there with him and maybe Harbaugh. They're interviewing everybody. I saw they put in a slip to interview Dan Quinn, the Cowboys defensive coordinator. They threw out Eric Bieniemy's name. Well, we know that that's just, you know, you just throw the name out there. Nobody really is taking it seriously, even though I think they should. So um, just looking at this carousel right now, what do you think is the most attractive opening and what do you think is the least attractive? I think the most attractive for me is the Falcons. I know they don't have the quarterback. I understand that. But I have a strong feeling they're going to trade for Justin Fields. I think that last game in Lambeau kind of sealed the Chicago fate. I think that was kind of the maybe the determining factor. Like, okay, you're going to Lambeau, our arch rival. You got a chance to knock him out the playoffs. Not the best performance from Fields there. I think they're going to go to quarterback route in the draft now. And I think Atlanta's the natural fit there uh, for him. So I think that, you know, you got a good defense there. You got talent there. Uh, so I think that is an attractive job. And not to mention, you're in a very winnable division for the foreseeable future. I mean, the NFC South, we've clowned it all season long. So I think it's safe to say that's the best job available right now.
0: I like the, I actually believe in I like the commander's job
1: really even though you're in the same division as the cowboys the eagles
0: i feel like especially if i want to be like at the top of the league i want to be in the like the the nfc south i get it don't get me wrong you made strong points i'm not disagreeing with you i just feel like the, the commanders are a sleeping giant like and plus it's the only game that the you know the president goes to a commander's home game every year or goes going back to when they were you know all through their name changes yeah uh And you're, they're kind of plugged in there and they got a good ownership group now with Josh Harris, I think is going to be a different, like you could really awaken a sleeping giant in terms of a team that has had a ton of great history, right? Or I shouldn't say great history, but a ton of history, like the commanders have a long standing in this league. They're one of the first franchises in this league, uh, obviously with a different name, but. I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody going there for a lot of money and rebuilding a culture and rebuilding a team with a little bit of runway. I do think you're, you're to something with Atlanta. That is, I mean, you are, in my opinion, just about a quarterback away in that, in that city, but yeah, Atlanta, you know, they, they have a, they have a, a, their history is a history of losing in embarrassing fashion, you know, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, And it's kind of like, like a stepping stone job, you know? Like, people, I think people look at it like that. Um, but again, you can, I think you definitely can build a winner in Atlanta. But I think I would have the commanders as my number one right now because, you know, they, while they were terrible, I also think that if Ron Rivero hadn't been asleep at the wheel for the last two years, they would have been a lot, lot better.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think the worst job, is the Panthers? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think there's too much more to elaborate on that. And yeah, you may say, well, they got a lot of cap space, they got a lot of money, and all of that, right? But I think we're both here on the same page that Bryce Young is too small, <laughs> like, cool. and and it's not even the fact that it's not even a height thing. Like he's fragile. Like even with Kyler Murray, at least he has some meat on him. Like you know, like, he could take a hit. It,
0: <laughs> this is what I was saying in pre-draft. Kyler Murray could play a different position in the NFL if you yeah. wanted him to. He could play slot, right? Now, would you put him out there? Probably not. But he could do it. If you yeah. wanted to have him return a punt, could he was do say, it? I say he could be a return guy. Yeah, he yeah. could return a punt if you wanted him to, right? Bryce Young could do neither.
1: Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So I'm assuming you agree on the Panthers being the worst job available. To add, just uh, with everything that you just said is true, but
0: also to add to it, uh, put it like this. You and I have worked at the same day job for the last, like, I don't know, seven years. And you can see the difference in who was running the show, how your day-to-day life was. Well, David Tepper is running the show in Carolina. And, oh, it, and seems to me, fans. it seems to me that he's not a very good person to work for. <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? He's quick to fire. So, you know, maybe if I was on my way out the door, but, you know, coaches' contracts are guaranteed. So, you know, even Frank Reich is going to get paid to sit on on his couch for the next three years.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's just an ugly situation there. It really is. Looking at the other jobs here, the Chargers one is always fascinating to me because you said a couple weeks ago, and I agree with you, that... I don't think it's as attractive as people make it seem to be because you look at the quarterback. Yeah, you got the quarterback. Oh, but they're so
0: talented. But,
1: but everything else is in shambles. <laughs> like, that roster, like, it's, it's a lot of names. A lot of names. It, now, I will say, Khalil Mack had a great year. Shout out to Khalil Mack. But he's old.
0: I'm not trying to poke holes at Khalil Mack for real, for real, but he did have six sacks in one game.
1: Yeah, like almost half of them came in one game <laughs> against the Raiders when they still had
0: um, McDaniels.
1: Josh McDaniels as head coach. <laughs> Who was actually now being rumored to go back to New England as the OC. I, I've seen that floating around. <laughs>
0: Some people it's, are just...
1: It's just crazy. It's crazy. Just
0: born on third base.
1: <laughs> but... I, it's not a terrible job. I'm not gonna say it's a terrible job because you do have a quarterback, and that that is a fundamental part of building the franchise is having that guy at quarterback. So I will say that. But as far as money goes, they're hamstrung. They're gonna have to let go of guys like Keenan Allen's probably gone. Mike Williams is probably gone. They're probably gonna have to cut ties with Joey Bosa. I mean, it, it's gonna be a rebuild. Like as far as as long as as good as Justin Herbert is, he cannot overcome the shortcomings they're going to have on that roster for the next year, I would say. Next year, maybe two years. Well, because you're going to
0: have to draft well, and you're going to have to draft guys that can come out and play.
1: And they right? drafted Quentin Johnston last year. Man, <laughs> it's, it's,
0: just 360-something days ago, he was run, he was tearing through Michigan. Now look at him. <laughs> now look at us. What a
1: difference a year makes.
0: What a exactly. difference a year makes. It's like that J. Cole tweet. <laughs> uh, you don't talk about what a difference a year makes this is the job that's not open yet but could be doug peterson jacksonville losing to vrabel on his last game
1: Ooh. it looks like they're scapegoating everybody else around him though they just got rid of their dc i saw they got rid of their running back coach or something like that like they're firing everybody else around him. So I don't think they're going to get rid of Doug Peterson now. See,
0: this is the one of the problems that I have with it's fundamentally kind of the way that head coaching works in the league now. Like, give me a Belichick or a Tomlin or a Harbaugh. Like, give me a guy who is the, the, the boss of the team who has who then hires offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators and special teams coordinators and quarterback coaches and secondary coaches and lineman coaches. Like, give me that guy. Because when you're the offensive coordinator and the head coach, you can't fire yourself. Yeah. You can't fire yourself. So why, why is the running back coach Travis Atien had one of the best years of running backs in the AFC, right? Like, yeah, I mean, he just did. I, he was on my fantasy team and he carried me through a ton of games. Like He just flat out. There was a time in which he was, at the, he was top of the AFC in scoring in the first half of the season. Like, but really you're looking at their quarterback wizard, Doug Peterson. And you're looking at Trevor Lawrence, who was worse than he's, he probably played, he played well in the beginning of the year and then had a serious dip towards the end, which is worse than he actually is towards the end. Like, he's not that bad. He was hurt. He's playing hurt. Football, Mark.
1: Yeah, but when he's had, I mean, his whole body was banged up. I mean, he had a shoulder. He had a leg injury. I mean, come on. Can we show him some type of grace a little bit? I like, just said he's not as bad as his play was in the second okay. half of the year. Okay, okay. Well, I just what else wanted, wanted you want me point? to do? Well, I just wanted you to mention the injuries as why he, he looked like that. Everybody is hurt. Well, that was everybody. a big reason why.
0: But anyway, another big reason why is because, you know, maybe Calvin Ridley a year
1: off of a gambling suspension isn't a number one receiver. Yeah, and I was way off on that. I, I really thought that he was going to be what Stephon Diggs was to Josh Allen, to Trevor Lawrence. I thought that could have been the scenario, like a guy that was a looked at as a good receiver, because we didn't look at Stephon Diggs as this top five receiver, top 10 guy in Minnesota. I don't think oh, that I was. What he, the I thought he was one of the ones you thought you thought he was like that. In, I mean, I liked him a lot, but you saw him as like a legit bonafide guy in Minnesota
0: a Tier A tier one guy for sure.
1: Okay. I, you know, well, I don't like to rank by number, yeah, but he was yeah, definitely a tier one I had guy. him like tier tier two in Minnesota. I'm like a tier two guy, tier two. But I, I thought he was going to take that leap, going to Jacksonville with Doug Peterson. I bought into the, you know, guy from the Andy Reid coaching tree. He's won a Super Bowl. He's the quarterback whisperer. You know, they came off that big, epic comeback playoff win last year against the Chargers down 27 to nothing push my Kansas City Chiefs to the brink in the division around. I thought it was all set up for them to take that next step this year. And before the year, I know you, you disagreed and you ended up being right, even though I do think a lot of it had to do with Trevor Lawrence not being healthy. Oh that's I mean we're
0: not playing flag football, Mark, what do you what else do you want? You're not like, playing flag go, football. Sorry. It's not two hand touch.
1: To go from eight and three to just collapse like that is crazy. I remember well, being on the show saying the division was over. And you dude, didn't have any feedback at the, time.
0: Like, just the Just one year prior to go from, what was a two and six to run through to the playoffs was also equally crazy. Like, it was also equally crazy.
1: Yeah, but I'm just saying. Before it the, just, uh, the
0: difference between the two I, is it confirmed a lot of people's biases well. prior Last year, when they were like, "Oh, Trevor Lawrence, he's better than this, he's better than this, he's better than this. If you just were like, if you just had a blank slate when a guy gets drafted, then you wouldn't have these preconceived notions. Because you know what? I've come to realize that college success and high school success, like there's a Mendoza line there where it may not necessarily mean that he's going to be the best quarterback in the class. You know, just because he was the number one guy.
1: It's just crazy how quickly the NFL can change, man, (laughs) because I I know you weren't in this, but I'm speaking for the consensus. A lot of people thought this is going to be the Jaguars division for the foreseeable future because the the Texans are going to take a time to rebuild. The Colts aren't ready yet. The Titans still aren't ready yet, but it was set up. At least it looked like on paper that the Jags should run the division for the next few years. And now it doesn't look like that at all.
0: (laughs) Remember that, Mark. I wasn't wrong. I was first.
1: You were. wasn't wrong. I was first. Let's let's get into Wildcard weekend unless you got anything else to talk about from week 18. Yeah,
0: I do want to talk about – I want to talk about the the non-knee heard around the world and the fact that we had key card Monday – and now it's the day after Key Card Monday. And Dennis Allen is still the head coach of the New Orleans Saints.
1: And see, he said – he was confident. He said, I expect to be back next year.
0: And, I mean, like we sat and we uh, – uh, like Arthur Smith got fired, you know, because it wasn't good enough. And, you know, first of all, you see Arthur Blank come out and say they didn't regret not going after Lamar Jackson. I bet Arthur yeah. Smith regrets not going after Lamar Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> but – uh, the idea that, and people are doing like this. Is, the thing I have to say about it is, everyone is putting it on Jameis. Like Jameis Winston just just kidnapped the ten players on offense and said, "We're gonna run a play here and get Jamal Williams to score a touchdown." No, no, no. All eleven players on the team were in on it, like all eleven. And I know Jameis is a, he's a free agent. He's going on, but he's and he's been in New Orleans for the last four or five years now as a backup to uh, the numerous players that have started in front of him at this point, from Breeze to Taysom Hill to Andy Dalton to to Derek Carr, who is now on the second year of a three-year, $100 million disaster. Uh, And I really feel like people are missing the forest for the trees when they say that Jameis Winston went rogue. Yes, he did. But also, to me, it just shows a such a blatant disregard and disrespect for the, the head coach of the team, or for the person calling the plays, that you would just ignore it. Like you would just, right. you would just ignore it in 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 a no stakes moment, right? Like it's one thing if if you're a quarterback. And you, you like let's just hypothetically speaking, you're Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay, and it's in the Super Bowl, and Stafford sees something as a 15 year vet at that point. Sean McVay obviously been in the league much less time than he has. He sees something like the hey, that's safety, I can beat him right here. And then they or you know what? The perfect example I think is is that that game in Tampa. That, uh, when they threw that, uh, that ball to Cup, and they call it the love of the game route right, where he's just clearing out the safety. But Stafford threw it anyway because he was open, and it was like, Whoa, how did he do that? Why would he do that? That wasn't his read at all. That's kind of like going rogue, but going rogue on the same page as your head coach, right? You know what I'm saying? Like you're going rogue because you're just doing things in the opposite order in a different order. This is not that. This is a blatant disregard for what your head coach had to say. And the reason why they lined up in victory formation, in my opinion, Mark, is because they had, Saints had three timeouts still. Dennis Allen would have called a timeout if they lined, came out, lined up in the I formation. And I know I didn't play. So, you know, there's a whole like culture about not doing that in a moment, in that moment. But, you know, also I've seen the Eagles line up in victory formation on third and fourth and one all year this year. And I think, you know, so miss me. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like the the idea that he lost that locker room is so plainly obvious. And so something has to change, whether it be a drastic roster rebuild of which they can't do because they're a salary cap hell or a coaching change. And this is going to be another moment where, you know what, Lamar Jackson's available over here. Aaron Rodgers is available over here, even though he's now jumped off the deep end. But a year ago, like you said, a lot can change. All right. Aaron Rodgers is over here. Lamar Jackson's over here. Both of whom have won MVPs soon to be both of whom have won multiple MVPs, but let's go ahead and pay three, uh, three years, a hundred million dollars for Derek Carr. Listen, Belichick goes to the Falcons or whatever, and there's going to be Dennis Allen in there. I mean, it, 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 that's middle school versus college, man. It's just like, well, it's just not even comparable.
1: Yeah. I can't even add so much more. I mean, you hit it right on the head. The blatant disrespect is crazy. Like, there's no way Blaine Gabbert would ever do that if Andy Reid. Exactly. <laughs> like, exactly. No way. That's that's some Brendan
0: Staley type of stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's wild, man. So the fact that it looks like he's coming back, and then you still are tied with Derek Carr. God bless your heart, man. Thank God you have Michigan football. I'll say that. It's a, it's a, <laughs> it's a
0: shame where we are. It's a shame. Where I mean, that, that 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 was a that was a proud franchise at one point. A very put, small point, but did, Mark, this is what I told I told you this when D four <laughs> hopped off sides. When you have the coach and you have the quarterback, you have to take advantage of it because when that window closes, it may as well be a jail cell. It may as well be a jail cell. That's how hard it is to open that window back up.
1: Go over there, yelling "Guard!" Back to the Aints. Put the bags over your head, baby. Let's talk gotcha. about some good teams. Wild card weekends here. Let's get it.
0: All right, let's take a quick break and get into this week's games.
1: Tickets to the game,
0: merch, meals at iconic restaurants, stays at Caesars Palace. All of this can be yours when you bet with Caesar Sportsbook. Win or lose, every bet earns reward credits, which you can redeem across the empire. Now, if you haven't started yet, register using code OMAHAFULL and then place your first bet up to $1,250. If you win, great, you keep those winnings. But if you lose, you get the stake back as a bonus bet. 21 and up only. Offer valid and must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts. Massachusetts, Maryland, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee. Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming only. New users in the first $10 wager only. Must register with the eligible promo code. Bet amount of qualifying wager returned only if wager is settled as a loss. Bet Maximum bonus bet $1,250. Bonus bet expires 14 days after receipt. Tier credits and reward credits will be added to the account within 7 days after qualifying wager settles. See Caesars.com promos for full terms. Void where prohibited. No one to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. College Colorado, Wyoming, and Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, call 1-800-327-5050 or visit MA.org. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania, if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope to
1: 467-369. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? College football is over. This is kind of sad to think that football is near the end, <laughs> but here we are. Playoff football is upon us this weekend. Starting off, I'm going to order here Saturday four thirty Eastern on NBC. The Cleveland Browns traveling to Houston to take on the Fighting CJ Strouds. Who's probably not happy about Michigan winning the national championship, so he's probably gonna play angry on Saturday night. Right now. The Browns are two and a half point favorites. The over-unders at 44 and a half. Where are you going on this one?
0: Man, I don't want to do it, but I think I have to pick the Browns. I think I got to pick the Browns because it's really a defensive thing. Way more experience. Playoff experience for Stefanski. Obviously, playoff experience for Joe Flacco. But it's also crazy because it's like it's it's January 9th, 2024, and I'm picking Joe Flacco in a playoff game? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. So I think I have to lean towards the Browns. Honestly, I, it's up in the air for me. I know I'm supposed to come out here and make some grand declarative pick, but this will not be in my lemon pepper parlay. I'll, I'll tell you like this. And I very well may say this on Tuesday, but then by Thursday when we submit picks, you might see me on Texans plus two and a half. But uh, I think right now I have to bet on the running game and on the defense.
1: Yeah, this is gross for me, too. I think we kind of feel the same way. I think we were both CJ guys, and I want to pick them so bad, not only just to cover the spray, but to win the game outright. But I got to go with the Browns. My football mind just tells me I got to, man. We're talking about up front, right? We talk about the guys in the trenches, the big uglies. The Browns got that on both sides of the ball. And I think this is going to be a game where the Texans are really going to miss Tank Dale's explosive Play nature. This is going to be one of the games where we're to have to get a couple of cheat plays, you know, a couple of shots down the field. I'm not sure they fully really have that without Tank Dale in the mix. So I got to take the Browns minus two and a half here, but it should be a really good game. They just played about a month ago. Obviously, CJ was not in that game when the Browns blew him out by like 30 points. So I don't think that's going to happen again, but I got to take the Browns minus two and a half here.
0: And I also I think, think if yeah. Davis Mills played instead of Case Keenum, then they probably would have had a better showing. But what do I know?
1: <laughs> the nightcap on Saturday, the first ever exclusive game on Peacock. Do you got a Peacock's uh membership?
0: Uh my my home does. This is the <laughs> perks of, of living with an entertainment journalist. I got a I got all of the subscriptions.
1: There you go. So and if you I- need to
0: come by and watch it on Peacock, why don't you pull on over? Because I know not every people are pissed that this game's on Peacock. <laughs>
1: But the NFL is smart because they know all those Swifties out there that don't got Peacock are going to pay that $5.99 to watch Taylor Swift in the crowd in the Arrowhead. Real quick, so what, yeah, real quick,
0: did you did you see that there was a joke at the Golden Globes that didn't go over well? I think yeah, the guy who was hosting was it. was not
1: happy. She did not like that. That was funny. <laughs> that was
0: funny. Just in case you missed it, uh, Joe Coy – in his on his Golden Globes, nom- uh, whatever, I didn't watch it, but Mario was there actually, you know, covering the event in the room. Yeah. But uh, he goes and says, the difference between, oh, Taylor Swift is here. The difference between this and the NFL is it'll have less cutaways of Taylor Swift. That's
1: hilarious. It was it very
0: funny to me. And the rest of the room was just like, ooh, I don't think we can joke about Tay-Tay.
1: Yeah, you can't, can't touch Tay-Tay, man. But speaking of people of importance coming Arrowhead, we get the return after all. Martin, remember we were mad about the game being in Germany or London. I forgot where it was. It at. Was Germany? Yeah, Germany. Like, why did they make that game in Germany? It should have been in Kansas City. Well, the script, the script guys are doing their job. Apparently, Tyreek Hill returns the Arrowhead. A very, very frigid Arrowhead, by the way. Did you see the temperature is going to be for that game? It's supposed to be negatives. And the negatives, Martin, windchill of minus 20 in Kansas City, my hometown. Right now, the Chiefs are four-point favorites. The over-unders at 44, even. I'll start on this one. I'm taking the Chiefs minus four. For all the reasons I just, just mentioned, do you really trust Tua in those elements It's going to be freezing cold. It's going to be super windy. Errol had one of those stadiums where the wind just gusts the way it's set up. It's going to just be twirling around in there. I know they got a run game, but I just think this Chiefs defense, especially being well-rested, even though Chris Jones had to play three quarters last week to get his incentives, I'm glad you got your extra million, million dollars, buddy. I was getting a little worried there for a you second. You know what you
0: could have done? You could have just gave it to him and started week one, and then maybe you wouldn't have lost to the Lions, and then maybe you'd be the one seed, but you know what? Never mind.
1: <laughs> but I, I I think that week off is going to do wonders for this Chiefs team. I think the vibes are – speaking of, we didn't even do good vibes this, this week. It's crazy. We're talking about Michigan so much. but I That's think where the, the good vibes are. Okay, Michigan. it was – but I, I do think there were, the vibes around the team have been good the last two weeks against the Bengals. They were playing swag, surf. The defense was happy. You know, it's always good to beat the Bengals, even though Joe Burrow wasn't there. The, you saw the reaction to, to the Chris Jones getting that sack on the sideline. That was like the first time I've really seen joy from this Chiefs team in the last couple of weeks. So I think that stuff matters. And then speaking of a team that's not having a lot of joy right now, the Dolphins, they had a three-game lead over Buffalo at one point and they didn't even win the division. I mean, what to talk about a collapse. I think both these teams are trending in opposite directions. I think the Chiefs win this game by at least a touchdown. I think minus four is a little too low.
0: I'm going to take the Dolphins to cover. Mm. Only because I don't think that we learned anything about, Can- well, obviously not because, you know, Mahomes wasn't playing, Kelsey didn't play. We didn't learn anything about Kansas City's offense uh, last week, in my opinion. And, Honestly, this is Miami just like is so,
1: don't forget though Miami is super banged up defense. That's what I was about
0: to say. It this makes me feel weird because you said it's four now, but three and a half to four it didn't hasn't really moved, and like the the it's Melvin Ingram, Jason Pierre Paul, and Bruce Irvin. They it's just be,
1: signed Justin Houston. Hour. Justin
0: Houston. I mean, like. The Dolphins are are literally just going through the phone book of pass rushers and be like, hey, can you are you available on Saturday because we'd like to put you on our team, and the line has not wiggled one bit. That that's funny to me. That feels funny to me. So I just strictly on that, and I'm with you on the Dolphins and it being cold and you know, like Michael Irvin famously said, when we played in those cold weather games, we was cold. You know, so I do think it'll be. Uh, I think it'll be a lower scoring game. So I'm going to go ahead and just take the
1: points and pray. So you're on the under. It's at 44 right now. Over Yeah, I think it'll be low scoring. Yeah. I mean, okay. the
0: Chiefs have scored like 21 points all year. It feels like
1: <laughs> it does feel like that. It does feel like that. <laughs> Let's move on to Sunday. We got three games on Sunday, starting on CBS 10 a.m. for us on the West Coast, one Eastern for you guys on the East Coast. The Pittsburgh Steelers traveling to Buffalo to Orchard Park. Right now, Buffalo's a 10 point favorite. The over under is at 36, even. Oh, that's ugly. Where do you lean on this one? This is 10 points,
0: man. I don't know. I am smashing the Pittsburgh Steelers. No TJ Watt, Watt, though. Burdell. No TJ Watt. I I saw I saw him get hurt. I'm smashing the Steelers. I'm smashing the Steelers. The Bills could have lost. I mean, that was a quintessential Josh Allen game from start to finish.
1: Got the full what experience.
0: With, with both brain-dead turnovers and then him with uh, that run that – J.J. McCarthy actually reminded me of him on that run on third and eight. But just that, that run that only a few guys could make to get that first down um and, and extend the game in in Miami. Miami should have won that game. They had every opportunity to win that game. um But also just 35-and-a-half point total at the 10 point underdog. So what are you telling me? What are we looking at? Like 24 to yeah. 24 to 14, 24 to like, yeah, I think Steelers can get in the end zone twice, especially when you consider Mason Rudolph's version of the Steelers, who's been starting and probably will start. Uh, Kenny Pickett, welcome to Denver. Uh, but I, I think when you're looking at those guys, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens have had two very long touchdown, like, you know what I'm saying? Their, their offense is more explosive with Rudolph behind it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I don't see how you cannot take Pittsburgh with the points here. I mean, yeah, I know no T.J. Watt, but it's still a Mike Tomlin coach team. They're, they're going to play very physical. I'm checking the forecast right now. 53% chance of snow, 21 mile per hour winds, uh, 24 degrees <laughs> with a low of 17 so it's going to be a very, very cold and frigid, snowy, ugly, slushy type of game in Orchard Park. And like you said, the fact that it's a 10-point spread, well, the total points is only at 36. Like, that means, like, Pittsburgh damn near can't score. <laughs> for, like, for them to cover the spread, basically, right? Like, I don't see that happening. So I'm taking Pittsburgh plus the points for sure. And just this, this the last thing on the Pittsburgh Steelers, they're going to run the ball. They've been running the ball a
0: ton. Remember that Seattle game just a few weeks ago? They were were perfectly content to hand the ball off. And if there's one thing that we saw in that Buffalo-Miami game is that Buffalo has no
1: interest in stopping the run. No, no. And it's going to be super, super cold. The next game, I'm really excited for this one. This may be my favorite game outside of Kansas City, obviously. We're going to Dallas on Fox, 430 Eastern. My guy, Jordan Love, first playoff game in Jerry's world. Right now, the Cowboys are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-unders at 50-and-a-half. I'll start off on this one. This is easy for me. This is like the Pittsburgh game. You're giving me seven-and-a-half? I'm taking Green Bay in a heartbeat. And I know Dallas is really good at home. I understand that. But they, speaking of stopping the run, you can run on Dallas as well. I think the Packers have a formula to do that. Aaron Jones ran for over 100 yards last week against Chicago. And I know you don't like Jordan Love's fadeaways and stuff like that, but it's been working. It's been working. The guy looks really calm in the pocket. Uh, I love their young receivers. Jalen Reed has really took it to the next level right now. They have really good chemistry. I'm a little worried about their defense in this matchup. I will say that. I'm not a big uh, Joe Barry guy, to say the least. But... And a half tells me they think it's going to be a lot of points scored from both sides, and I don't see Dallas covering seven and a half at all. Jair Alexander said, Pack is back, yeah. <laughs> no, I uh,
0: I uh think the Cowboys roll. Mm. I think the Cowboys win this by two scores, two touchdowns. know. I think the Cowboys, because as much as you said, I, I I've watched heavily the last three or four games of the Packers, like pretty much every snap. Jordan Love has played well. I'm not taking that away from him. 18 to one touchdown and interception ratio, or eight to one, I should say, touchdown and interception ratio. That's going to revert back at some point, especially when you got Deron Bland and Gilmore out there. I know Gilmore hurt a shoulder, but he says he should be able to go. Um, and I just, I think the Cowboys take care of business here and really bomb on a, a weak Green Bay secondary. And if the Packers are very, very young. Like across the board, there's a lot of rookies, a lot of first year players, second year players that make me feel like they're going to go down into Jerry's world and be like,
1: ah, what's going on here? Yeah, I see it as the opposite, though. Sometimes when you're too young, you're too young to know what you don't know. People say that. I don't
0: know if that's really real. Like, you know what I'm saying? That like, it's kind of like, to me, it's like the same thing as playing with house money. Like I no, it's either my money or it's the casino's money. Like, no, <laughs> like experience has to matter at some point. Or why do we keep going for experienced
1: players? Like, you know what I mean? Like, no. I feel you. I feel you on that one. Next game. I think you have this a lot is the of game of the weekend. This is the game. You have a lot of interest in. I know. Uh, you got A lot of Detroit ties. Matthew Stafford. We were talking about this about three weeks ago. This is a possibility, and we finally got it. He's returning to Detroit, the return game. And then, you know, on the other side, I think Jared Goff has a lot to prove in this game as well because Sean McVay said, you're not good enough for me, buddy. Let's get off of you. And they won a Super Bowl without you. So a lot of things on the line in this game. Right now, the Lions are three-point favorites at home. The over/unders at 51 and a half. I'm going to let you take the floor on this one. I'm
0: taking the Lions taking the Lions, who have been a good home team so far this year. Dan Campbell is a covering machine. He's one of the most profitable coaches in the NFL against the spread, both as a favorite and an underdog. This team is motivated and has is on a mission in a certain way. And I think, you know, you can't discount Stafford sacrificed a lot, played a lot of long years in Detroit. And I expect it to be a mixed emotion kind of level for a team that, Four or five weeks ago, we say the Rams are, uh, maybe six or seven weeks ago, we say the Rams are, you know, the top the the NFC. Well, I know a lot of people are in on them. I know that Stafford obviously has a ton of, of experience, a ton of, uh, but he's not very mobile. Right. And I think when you look at the quarterbacks that have given the Lions trouble, it's been Lamar Jackson. It's been Justin Fields. It's been guys who are are even a Jordan Love. It's been guys who are breaking the pocket and getting outside and moving around. That's not Stafford's game. Uh, I expect the defensive line to be able to get home in this. And if they they can't, though, they they can't, though, that's going to be I think that's what it is. I think the Lions win the trenches and therefore win the game.
1: Okay, well, I'm glad you said that because that's their pathway. Because I got the Rams, and I got the Rams winning outright. And it's because of that Detroit secondary. I think the Rams' offensive line will be able to hold up enough. And that Detroit secondary gives up a lot of explosives. C.J. G.J. Uh, is back, though. That's fair. That's fair. But I don't expect him to just come back and just play at a high level his first game back. Had an right. interception
0: in his first game. but right. he's well, week 18. Had an interception well, week 18. Oh,
1: okay, well, yeah, second game back. But still, I, I – I, I, it's going to be more than just one guy that has to step up because that secondary has been giving up a lot of explosives this year. And that's one thing that Sean McVay can dial up. Uh, I, I think they're going to have a hard time guarding these wideouts with Puka, Cooper Cup. And I just I just think with McVay's experience in the playoffs, there's going to be a really thing that's going to show in this game. Uh, so I, I like the Rams winning outright in this game. It's going to be a fun one, though. It's going to be a fun game. The over is at 51 and a half. I, I think it may go over in the net. I think so. And, but I do think Aaron Donald, makes a play or two that kind of changes things in this game. I, I can see Stafford turning the ball over one or two times. That kind of ch- changes the momentum in this game. I think it'll be caused by Aaron Donald pressure. So that's why I like the Rams winning this game outright. I do see a final score over this, like 30 to 24 some way. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one. Monday night, this is a, a funny game. <laughs> You got the Eagles traveling to Tampa Bay to take on the Bucks. Right now, the Eagles are three point favorites, overrunners at 44 even. I mean, talk about two teams that you probably don't feel great about, right? Uh, The Eagles obviously have limped their way into the playoffs. The Bucks just beat the Panthers nine to nothing. Not a very, uh, very fun game to watch there. I've struggled with this game. I think a lot of people probably have. I'm not very confident, man, but I gotta, gotta go with the Eagles. I just got to. I know they look terrible. I know, I get it. You can't say anything to me that I'm going to disagree with. But I do think they lucked up by this matchup, because while the Bucks have played better than people probably expected, they're still not a good team. Like this is not a, a, a good team. Like Baker's played good this year, sure. He's played well. But he's not lighting the world on fire. That defense, they're they're good, but they can be had. I, I just think there has to be some sense of pride eventually for this Eagles team. I mean, he went, he went to the bowl last year. A lot of smoke around Seriani, Maybe potentially could lose his job if he, they lose this game, potentially. Uh, AJ think Brown. About, just think about Ray- that.
0: Just think about that. The Eagles are talking about firing their coach, and they went to the Super Bowl last year. Meanwhile, it's Dennis crazy. Allen has not been to the playoffs ever.
1: It's crazy, <laughs> and he's man. like, you know
0: what? Business as usual.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, I'm not very confident, you, as you can hear in my voice, but give me the Eagles minus three.
0: I'm very confident in the Buccaneers plus three.
1: Mm. This, if
0: the rolls were like the Eagles have been dancing through the raindrops all year, this, this is the Minnesota Vikings of last year, this is the Pittsburgh Steelers of two years ago, three years ago, last, Big Ben's last year. This team is a paper tiger. They're not real. They're not solid. You saw limping into the playoffs. A.J. Brown is limping right now. You know, Jalen Hurts was over there giving people the middle finger on accident. You know the Giants beat this team up. The Cardinals beat this team up. Baker Mayfield is going to throw a party on this defense. Who could have had the Michigan defensive coordinator, but they said, "No, what? No, we're hiring Sean DeSai. Just did the modem and put Sean uh, Matt Patricia, the pencil himself, back there calling the defensive plays." Guess what? He's bad. I saw it firsthand. He's bad. Uh, I'm not a believer in this Eagles team, and I think Sirianni. Well, it, may not get, it depends on how this game ends. If this game ends close, I think he'll probably stay around for next year, but he's on the hottest seat in the NFL right now.
1: Let's get to our lemon pepper parlay. All right, Martin, it's time for our lemon pepper parlay. I'll start off on this one. Of course, I have my Kansas City Chiefs on the money line. I gave out minus four earlier, but just to play a little more safe, going Chiefs money line, Pairing that with the Steelers, as we mentioned earlier, plus 10. I get both of those plays at plus 184.
0: My Lemon Pepper Parlay. I'll take that same Steelers leg because, I mean, just the Bills are so volatile. Like, and again, just gambling 101, 35 and a half points uh, total, 10 point underdog? Come on. <laughs> yeah.
1: That's, that should be automatic every time.
0: Yeah, like, come on. Like, I mean, I. What happened? Did one team get in a plane crash or something and then they're missing half their players? Like, no, no, no. It's the Steelers, they're beat up, but I, I just, I'm not a believer in that. I think they'll be able to run on the Bills. And I'm taking the Detroit Lions forward down the field. Matthew Stafford comes back and still doesn't get it done in Detroit. How about that? <laughs> there
1: we go, man. So next week, divisional round. We like we'll have some good matchups based on our predictions. Before we go, we got a couple minutes here. I just want to ask you about that Bucks Eagles game. I know you got Bucks plus three. Do you have the actually winning that game? I do. Mm, that's spicy. That's this is, spicy.
0: This is the New York Giants of last year. They beat. They're going to beat the Vikings and then go and be a sacrificial lamb in the next round. The, the Buccaneers will beat the Eagles and then be a sacrificial lamb for whoever they play in the next round.
1: Which, based on your predictions, they would play the Niners. exactly like i said you got the six and seven both losing the rams and the uh packers yeah yeah like yeah so yeah i think they both lose and i guess the nfc
0: goes a little chalky but uh yeah i think i think we're cruising for a
1: cowboys uh cowboys nfc championship so you'd have the cowboys beating the lions i mean i know i want to get too ahead of ourselves but that would be the matchup next week based on your predictions
0: Unfortunately so.
1: Okay. Well, we'll get into it next week.
0: Yeah. Good luck, buddy. I think we're looking. Yeah, I think that's what at least on that side of the bracket, I think we're looking for the Dallas to to be in the NFC championship game. But uh best of luck. what are you gonna do if like it's a three nothing game with Miami in the lead with like two minutes left in the third quarter and Mahomes just throwing four balls in the dirt? Like, how sick are you gonna be if that happens? <laughs> Your stomach's gonna be in knots.
1: Well, I plan on watching this game at the Chiefs bar out here at Jalapeno Pete's on the west side of LA, West LA. So I'm gonna be there with a lot of kingdom people. So hopefully it's some good vibes there. Hopefully, man.
0: Hopefully. <laughs> the last time I watched a game at a bar, I had to cut my hair so I didn't pull it all out. Oh man. <laughs>
1: good Michigan, luck to week, Buddy and the Rose Bowl. Good luck, man. Congrats once again on Michigan. Go blue.